Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Governor Gavin Newsom has been talking a big game about CARE Court. It stands for Community Assistance Recovery and Empowerment Court. And it's California's new plan for addressing the mental health crisis on our streets, especially here in the Bay Area. And San Francisco, where that crisis is all too familiar, is going to be one of the first counties to get it off the ground. Everything we do here is going to be under a microscope, and it it may take years to really fully know how it's working. Care Court will allow first responders, family, or clinicians to ask a judge to order treatment for unhoused people with severe psychotic disorders. But can it actually deliver on all the hype? And so we're changing that paradigm. This is a new paradigm. Today, how the state is ramping up to launch Care Court. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. This is a statewide problem where we've seen, especially since the pandemic, a real increase in the number of people sleeping on the streets, people who are unhoused. Scott Schaefer is senior editor of KQED's Politics and Government Desk. He's also the co-host of the Political Breakdown podcast. And many of those folks also have problems with addiction. Uh, They also have mental health problems, many of them, some of them severe, like schizophrenia. And so this is a problem that has grown and which has gotten the attention of Gavin Newsom, the governor, it's just unconscionable what's happening all across the state. It's not just in San Francisco. It's all across the state. And people are, have had it. They're exhausted. Care Courts was clearly designed to address this problem. He calls it a paradigm shift. He thinks this is a real change in what we've been doing. Others aren't so sure. Care Court did become law in September. Where are we at now in implementing this law? Yeah, so eight counties said, we'll go first. And those counties are quite diverse. I mean, they include San Francisco, Orange County, Stanislaus County, Glen County, which is all the way up in the far north. So there's some rural counties, some suburban counties, some really urban counties. And so uh, those eight counties have been meeting because they have to get this up and running by October 1st. 
Some counties are far ahead of others. Um, San Francisco's pretty far along, in part because they had a pretty good infrastructure already of services. Glen County, for example, is very small. It has a very small number of homeless people, but also a very small number of providers. So I think it's a county-by-county situation. San Francisco is probably doing as well as any county right now in, in getting ready for this. How are people in San Francisco feeling about this? I want to start maybe with the mayor, London Breed. What does she say about this? Mayor London Breed is very supportive of this. It is a first step in the right direction, and my hope is that it will make an impact because we're trying to meet people where they are and give them a chance. I think she's basically supportive of anything that will bring perhaps some more state resources to bear to help address a problem that in San Francisco, I think everyone agrees, is out of control. I think that there's always a concern when you're doing something different and when you're making people uncomfortable, there are always going to be some people to oppose it, to stand up against it, to challenge it. And I think what's important is that we continue to push. She dismisses critics who say that, you know, this is too restrictive or that it's like a crackdown. Uh, She just feels that we have to do something more than we've been doing. And so she is a wholehearted supporter of care courts. We're trying to meet people where they are and give them a chance, but when things persist, we need to take action. Care Courts is supposed to help unhoused people with severe psychotic disorders, specifically. I want to talk about how this works. How do you end up in Care Court? Well, when it's up and running, Care Court is going to allow more people to petition a court to try to get somebody into treatment. Under Care Court, this will now include family members, clinicians, first responders, or or EMS workers who are called out repeatedly to deal with the same people. And they can go to a judge, a civil court judge who will be identified in each county, uh, and ask the judge to order a treatment plan. The the law says that anyone who's identified for potential um, participation in care court gets five court hearings before the judge decides. And there's going to have to be enough evidence to show that this person really could benefit from this. And the person will also have a representation from the public defender. Ultimately, the judge, if he decides that this person is eligible and this is an appropriate plan, will approve a plan that can last for 12 to 24 months, and then there'll be regular updates. And so that's the idea, is that this will encourage people to get into treatment. But you can't force anybody to take medication. You can't uh, force them to follow the plan. Um, but I think they're, they're relying on what's called the black robe effect, where if somebody's in a courtroom and they see this person you know, on this elevated chair in a black robe telling them to do something, that it has a certain authority to it. If that fails, they could still be eligible for conservatorship. Uh, But the idea is to make it easier for people who need help but may not be seeking it to get them, you know, into the system without the most restrictive situation, which is a conservatorship. Those who are down with care court make it a point to say conservatorship isn't what this is. Conservatorship gives another adult power to make decisions for another adult with mental illness like, say, schizophrenia, including the decision to hold someone against their will. 
People like Governor Gavin Newsom say care courts should theoretically help someone avoid more restrictive care like this. And despite ongoing concern from civil liberties groups, care court is moving forward. Are there still examples of people who believe that mandating treatment is a bad idea? I did speak to some people who, you know, are in the kind of situation or were in the kind of situation where they might be, uh, you know, put into care court. Uh, I have mental health issues and I've dealt with addiction. Uh, one person uh, in particular who I spoke to who was working uh, cleaning up porta potties around the 24th and Mission BART station, his name was Johnny Crawford. Um, he had some real reservations about it. Me personally, I think, you know, trying to push somebody into doing something they don't want to do it. That's not fair. I would be against that. Voluntarily, absolutely. But trying to force somebody to do something that they don't want to do, even though they have those issues, they have the opportunity and the option to say yes or no. It's a violation of their constitutional rights, right? There was one lawsuit already um, that did not succeed in blocking this program. Uh, I think you'll, as it begins to get implemented, I'm sure uh, civil liberties groups and others will be keeping a close eye uh, out for abuses or cases where people's rights are not, you know, fully extended to them. And so I think you're going to, you know, really see a bumpy road potentially uh, from from critics. Well, all this said, this is going to launch in San Francisco on October 1st. What still needs to be done to really get this going the way it's supposed to? Everyone I've talked to, the biggest concern, whether and this includes big supporters of the law, their concern is that there aren't going to be the resources available, uh, especially beds for treatment and housing. I think that the big question is, will there be enough uh, resources? What difference will it make? And at the expense of what other programs? Will there be something? Will they be robbing you know, Peter to pay Paul? You know, will they be shifting money away from other services and programs to implement care courts? We don't know. I think care court really isn't going to do much of anything more than the existing programs we have. Charlie Berman has been working for over a decade or almost a decade now as a outreach worker with homeless people in San Francisco who have psychiatric problems. And he compared this to the emperor's new clothes, you know, that story, uh, Newsom, Newsom being the emperor, where no one has been willing to tell him he's not wearing anything, but he's out parading around care courts. I think care court is more of a symbol of, the, of Governor Newsom trying to show that he's being tough on behavioral health and taking this seriously. He's very skeptical that this is going to make a difference. And, and why is he skeptical? Resources. Lack of bed capacity, lack of treatment capacity, and lack of a system to really coordinate electronic health records and know who's entitled to what services and then pursue those services. Uh, you know, he points to, for example, people who are currently in a bed in the psychiatric uh, wards over at San Francisco General Hospital, they are eligible to be moved out of San Francisco General, but there's nowhere to put them. They don't have these community beds uh, in, in enough numbers, he says. Um, and so that ends up costing the system more money. Uh, and so he says that's just an indication of how stressed, you know, we're talking about adding hundreds of new people to this system. 
if counties basically say, we're going to concentrate all our scarce resources around the care court population, and we're going to put them first in line for residential treatment, we're going to put them first in line for housing, and we're going to put them first in line for intensive case management. I mean, that's great for care court participants, but that displaces the people who aren't in care court, who might be conserved, who might be on AOT, who might be awaiting services in jail, or who might be living on the street and don't have anybody to refer them into the care court program. So I'm worried about that. Uh, And so he's just very, very doubtful. You were just talking about how San Francisco is probably the most resourced city in the in the state to really take this on. And yet it's also been really upheld as a prime example of this problem that we're seeing on the streets. And I imagine there's going to be a big spotlight on San Francisco in particular when it comes to whether Care Corps is actually going to be. Uh, helpful in the state, right? Absolutely. You know, Mayor Breed uh, and, you know, local county officials are going to be held accountable for implementing this. To a certain extent, this is the state punting this problem to the counties. In fact, there is a provision in the law that counties can be fined by the state if they don't implement this or don't implement it fully or properly. I mean, San Francisco has, you know, been the focus of especially conservative uh, media like Fox News and others. But even CNN, you know, recently did a documentary, What Happened to San Francisco, I think was the name of it. So, yeah, I mean, San Francisco is very much in the news and not for good reasons. You know, it gets an outsized amount of media attention. We only have about 800,000 people here, but it gets a lot of media attention. And it's also, you know, kind of a a favorite of conservatives to beat up on San Francisco because obviously we're a more liberal, a very liberal city. Everything we do here is going to be under a microscope. And, you know, anytime you implement something big like this, it may take years to really fully know how it's working. I guess it remains to be seen how this uh, all plays out. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. That was Scott Schaefer, senior editor of KQED's Politics and Government Desk and the co-host of the Political Breakdown podcast, which you can find wherever you found the Bay. This 30-minute conversation with Scott was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. Senior editor Alan Montesilio scored this episode and added all the tape. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country 
on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.